Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. When do we take control of our lives and our destiny? We're a small country, but we punch way above our weight. Like, I'm filming now at this stage, to be honest with you. I thought it was one of the hardest things to do. It was horrendous. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, nine days to Christmas. Now, on the other hand, 91 days to St. Patrick's Day. Just thought I'd put that out there for you. And it's 101 days till the clocks go forward again for the summertime. Just thought I'd put that out there for what it's worth this Thursday morning. Another day, another pair of tickets for Riverdance live at the Marquee in the summer of 22. We have a pair of tickets all you need to do is text the word Riverdance and your name. Text or WhatsApp to 083-396-9696. We'll take them all morning and then we'll draw someone around about 10 or 5 to 12. Ask them a question. You choose the question. You choose a river-based question or a dance-based question. And we'll take it from there. All right, so text the word Riverdance and your name. 083-396-9696 Now yesterday we were talking about schools and whether or not we asked parents are they going to take their children out of schools this Friday and just let them stay home for the Christmas just for fear of the fears that they'd pick up the old uh, COVID and bring it home and everybody have to isolate and, and, and you know all the palaver that'll cost over Christmas and a lot of parents were messaging us to say they were going to be voting with their feet. The Department of Education still dead set against the closing down of the schools on Friday, insisting that they will stay open until the official closing date, which is next Wednesday, the 22nd. Now, before I go to talk to Linda, who contacted us yesterday, I want to catch up with John Campbell. Uh, you remember this time last week when we were speaking to John about Omicron? He had been concentrating on data from South Africa, and he said he'd know more in a week 
and he would be able to tell more in a week from the data coming through. Now, his video last night was an update from mostly from a place called Hwateng, which is a province in South Africa. Huge numbers of cases and a very decent set of analysis on where South Africa is going, which is important because where South Africa goes, the rest of the world will go in a couple of weeks' time. So this is what John was saying last evening. We see in South Africa that Omicron is now 98%. Now, what this means is the Omicron has displaced the Delta. It's not as well as, it's instead of. Delta is now finished, basically, in South Africa. Omicron has displaced it completely taken over and that's a very important point to note positivity rate so 32.2 percent of tests are coming back positive in south africa and of course this means there is an awful lot of community transmission in south africa basically everyone in south africa is being exposed to this these are very very high test positivity rates and it looks like they're actually starting to come down a little bit now so uh, we see a very rapid increase in cases and hopefully we're going to see a very rapid decrease in cases uh, as well. That's what it's looking like at the moment. And there's no reason why this should not be a very similar curve in the United States and the United Kingdom. Now, if you want to look up his video from last night on YouTube, he goes into hospital hospitalizations, he goes into response to vaccines, he goes into all those things in quite an amount of detail. There's a lot of detail there. But he does speak about children and the response among children to Omicron. Now, let us remember, if we need telling again, that children are the largest unvaccinated cohort as of yet with regard to Omicron. Uh, They will be getting vaccinated after Christmas and into the new year. But at the moment, our under-12s are not vaccinated. And John, again, is looking at South African data with regard to children. Preliminary observation um, on Omicron experience in children under 18 have a 20% higher risk of admission when infected with Omicron compared to Delta. So children are more likely to be admitted to hospital under the age of 18. Also increased admission in children under the age of 5, so this is higher than Delta. Is this a particular concern? Yes, it is. Children are more likely to be admitted to hospital than with previous waves. This is analysis from South Africa. He provides a link to the website where all that data comes from, so it's official data. With that in mind, and we know just how right, consistently right, John Campbell has been uh, with uh, both on his videos and when he comes on air on the opinion line. Linda, I think you've decided to keep your son home. Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Yes, I've decided to keep my son home from school um, because we're just out of isolation. And when he went back to school, there was COVID in his class. So I said we couldn't take the risk this close to Christmas. So, yeah, I'm keeping him home. How many times have you been isolating? We've actually done it three times now. Uh, it was just unfortunate that uh, we all got it at different times. So... I got it back in January myself and um, we did the isolation for the 17 days and nobody else got it in the house. Um, And then in April, my husband got it. So we had to do the isolation again. And yeah, I actually got it for the second time a couple of weeks ago myself again. And then a couple of the kids got it off me. I've got four kids, so two of them got it and two of them didn't. 
So I said that the one going back to school now, I said I was going to keep him off because it was all over his class. And I just can't think about doing isolation again for a fourth time. So I decided to keep him off. Were any of you very sick at any stage, Linda? No, we all kind of flew through it, thank God. So at least we didn't have that stress of it and the worry of the kids being very sick or myself, you know. Um, So, yeah, we all did kind of get over it pretty easily, thank God, yeah. Yeah. So it's not really that he'd be very sick. I'm worried about it's just isolating all over again and yeah. being alone then for Christmas. I yeah. just said oh. I wouldn't take the chance. Talking to other mums, do you think that feeling is out there that just to avoid having to do that over Christmas, that they might just take Yeah, them? I do think, yeah, I do think that everybody is kind of worried now this close to Christmas and especially if they haven't had it before, it could just go through the house and that's nearly the month you're going to be at home and, you know, it's not, it's not very nice to think about being alone at Christmas and you know we all had a hard year not seeing anybody we all want to see our family for Christmas and finish off the year you know so yeah Yeah, and you're all vaccinated I take it and all that uh, yeah, everybody who was at the right age is vaccinated. Yes. So there's two older kids are vaccinated, but the two smaller ones weren't. Oh, so, gotcha. yeah, but thank God they didn't get really sick. Thank God. Good, good, good. Well, yeah. yeah. And and did, did you tell the school or did you just do it? I told um, the homeschool liaison officer that I was thinking about it and then I just did it. <laughs> so I haven't actually been in touch with the school. So some of them are going to school because they had it a couple of weeks ago. So they're kind of immune at the moment. Yeah. So two of them are going to school and two of them are home. Yeah, that's where I am now at the moment. I didn't want him to bring it back in and, you know, yeah. so yeah. And I suppose Christmas plans, the last thing you want to be doing is isolating when you want to welcome at least a couple that's of people it. in, you know? Yeah, I was supposed to have my mum and dad, like, so with us isolating a good few times and my parents are, you know, have some underlying health conditions, I didn't want to put it at risk, you know, to give them. And, you know, my dad was sick this year, so I really just took the choice to keep him home. I know there's a risk anywhere you go to the shops and there is a risk you catch it no matter what, how careful you are. But I just didn't want to throw him into the flames in school, like, because there are kind of cases that are right. We had people contacting us yesterday from all sides and I think that's a a best sum up. I'll leave it there, Linda. Thanks very much. The line just about to go on us. So three times this year they've done the isolation and she just doesn't want to go through another one close to Christmas. And a lot of people were contacting us yesterday feeling the very same way. Interestingly, another man we've spoken to on the programme a couple of times over the course of the pandemic, Professor Ivan Perry from the UCC School of Epidemiology, one of the most respected individuals in his field, not just in Ireland, but globally. Professor Perry said there is a strong case to be made from a public health perspective to closing the primary schools tomorrow. But the department is adamant the schools will remain open until their scheduled closing day of next Wednesday the 22nd. So again, the question is out there from the opinion line. Are you going to send your children in on Monday? Are you going to send them in? To, and I know it's not that easy to keep them home if you're trying to work and if you're trying to get a bit of preparation done for the Christmas and, not, and all that. So if it's possible for you, let's put that little caveat on it. If it's possible for you, are you thinking about taking the children out of school after tomorrow? 1850 Can we just talk?
The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, making it a Christmas full of smiles. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. On Cork's 96FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity gossip. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors Volkswagen. Where you can test drive the full Volkswagen range. Including the all-electric ID3 and ID4. See newmarketvolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96FM. Says listening to John Campbell now, the Department of Education should cop on and close the schools immediately. Remember, John, or rather, Anne, John is analysing data from South Africa, and his prediction is that what's happening there now will be happening here in three to four weeks. And also, Professor Perry uh, from UCC has said that there's a strong public health case now to shutting the schools from tomorrow but the department has insisted they will remain open until normal Christmas closing time and the question that I'm asking people listening who have children who would be in a position to do so because we accept that not everybody is uh, would they take their children out tomorrow for the Christmas 185715996 now Dennis is looking forward to his first real home Christmas in a couple of years it was earlier this year, I think, Dennis, you spoke to us on the show after a demonstration outside Madden's buildings in Blackpool. Hi, Dennis. Hi, uh, PJ. Thank you for having me on. It's great and I appreciate it. Yeah, that was the 30th of August we held that demonstration uh, out there. And uh, I want to thank uh, Councillor Fiona Ryan for the stalwart support she has given me and without any, you know, what should I say, sounding of drums or trumpets or anything. She's been brilliant and she's the only one of the councillors that took up the call there and worked with me in securing this. Yeah. Now, so, your your your, your situation ahead. was you've, you're single and you've been on the housing list since 2013. You were renting, but you lost the place you were renting in in 2019. And then you were what they call the undocumented homeless. You were bunking yes. in with friends. Um, and surfing, yeah. and you'd spend some time living with your sister, but that situation was just getting untenable, moving around from place to place. So, so when did you move into Madden's? Buildings. Well, I got possession of it. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you quite clearly. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I got possession of it in um, when was it? The twenty seventh of September. So there was a bit of work that, yeah, it was great. And I mean, just shortly after the um, the protest, as I said, I got a week later, uh, Katie Dunn from the City Council rang me to say that she had a position to offer or a house to offer. And uh, I went down to view it. And um, it was number uh, 61 in men's buildings. And I was thrilled. But when I went in, all she went is, oh, my God, because they said it was ready for letting but there was a big trench dug in the floor. I, I don't know, like, well, the city council are working in silos or what, but they just didn't know that the right. place was in. So did it get sorted quickly? It did. 
Well, what happened then was, um, obviously, they couldn't offer me that because it wasn't in a fit condition to let out. So um, what happened was the number 38 um, was offered, but they were waiting for the person to come back, and they failed to come back, or they didn't accept or whatever, and then they offered me 38, which I jumped at. And uh, it's absolutely great because I have people I grew up with in Black pool there around me and it's just home you know That's and uh, it was great yeah it was great to have it and like I, uh, like there's nobody can understand the trauma of having to lose your home through no fault of your own I was renting and um, I was got an eviction notice because the crowd I was renting from went into um, difficulties the receiver was in and their properties were being sold off and uh like there's many more people out there, PJ. I'm elated that I have now got my the security of tenure, which I can get with the city council. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like there are other people out there at the moment, and they have been given eviction notices, and God, I just my heart bleeds for them, because like where are they going to go? I mean, the cost of renting is soaring, and like all I'm asking is that like people would talk to their politicians and maybe put pressure on the government to reimpose the moratorium on evictions yes. just to give people a chance. Yeah, that's an important point, Dennis, because we did have, for the course of the early stages of the pandemic, no evictions were allowed. And and I don't know when that lapsed, but it was earlier this year. It was, yeah. I, I don't know exactly when, uh, but... God above, like it's just horrendous because you're 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 given your notice and that's fine and you know you haven't a legal leg to stand on uh, because they do it all correctly and you know so you're just out and then there isn't the um, facilities or accommodation around and I you know it's 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 just horrendous and I spent two years uh, um, as they say having to you know sleep a few nights here and sleep a few nights there. Because, you know, other people were in and out of the, the house. My sister was very good to me and my family were very good to me, that sort of stuff. But, you know, it was it was hard going and you just you just put up with it and grin and bear it and that was it. And in fairness to the uh, the media coverage that took place on the thirtieth of August, um I got um Noreen uh, Dorgan from um Share. She's the um, head of services for Share. She contacted me along with Rose Lynch, who is the psychiatric nurse that works with them or something there. And they gave me great support and helping and ensuring and good, good, good. helping. And uh, as I said, I got messages of support from Faraways America, England, Lanzarote, you know, and they were just, it was fantastic. And I just want to thank the sure. media for highlighting the issue and to yourselves and for the follow up. And again, all I can say is I make that appeal to people out there that, uh, and to the government in particular, please consider like putting a moratorium on uh, eviction notices for yes. the moment. Because it's we get, just, get the back end of the pandemic yeah. behind us. Yeah, yeah. I think... Well, it's not of, only that. I mean, we need to get stuff on stream too, but it's not any old stuff. We need to get housing on stream and it's not any old stuff. And now... We have right across the road for me. They're proposing 191 uh, units in the um, Hewitt Building, which is now called Distillery Quarters or something. And great, I'm delighted that there are new buildings going up. But like, there's no planning, there's no coordination, there's no. It's going into the um, 
strategic housing um, development application, which goes straight to onboard Planola, and there's no recourse, and um, there's no local input, nothing at all. And uh, like I'm saying, there's 191 units proposed up there, great, fantastic. But what they don't realise, I think, an awful lot of people is we've had 600 units put in out in Millfield, started. There's 120 started there at the corner of Spring Lane and uh, Thomas Davis Street by um, Visit Restored. Um, Respond just opened 10 units in uh, what you call it on the exercise. Like, there's a huge amount of growth, but we haven't even got the social infrastructure to support this. Like trying to get, I tried to get into the GP practices in Blackpool. I can't. They're full. Yeah, you yeah. know, so yeah, there's a, there's a, there's, kind of, it's 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 kind of multifaceted, Dennis. I'm and and I I just want to finish with you by saying, how's it going to yeah. feel Christmas morning oh. to sit down with a tea oh, and absolutely. toast in your own place? Fantastic, and my kids are coming to me because uh, my ex-wife we take them every second year. Now they're grown, but it's great that that you know they're coming to me in in uh, Stevens's day and we're having dinner and oh. that sort of stuff and that's fabulous and I tell you sure look my my daughter was sick she's lecturing in a university uh, in Munster here and um, she was sick and she just like she's living in Limerick but had nobody to mind her so I was able, she was able to come home sure. to her other home and uh, be cared for that's you know, fantastic. which is fantastic. Uh, you, can't, you can't put a price on that, Dennis. You just can't put a value on that. Listen, have a lovely Christmas with your family. And thank you very much for being with me this morning on the Opinion Line, 1850 Let us, again, the question we posed it yesterday and I'm posing it again today. If you can, if you're able to, because not everybody would be. It would be very inconvenient for a lot of people. And we accept that as a given before anybody starts wondering, do we even realise it? Yes, we do. It would be very inconvenient for a lot of people to bring their children home early for Christmas. But here's another one. PJ, to back up what you're saying, check how many kids have been tested positive in the last few days. In the school my kids go to, every day now I get a message stating someone got COVID. Sometimes I get more message, more than one message a day. Jerry says schools are a quagmire for COVID-19. It's families are left to deal with the virus coming into their homes. Children are then left out in the cold for lunches and having to sit in cold classes. They're coming home with cold symptoms that you still have to get checked with a PCR. Uh, schools won't leave a child in school with a cough. They should close the schools early. Can't win with some people, PJ. People taking their kids out of school, probably the same people who were complaining last year their need to be in school for mental health reasons, meeting up with friends, losing out on schoolwork, etc. Maeve, teachers probably don't want to close schools now as it'll eat into their time off around Easter. Those three days will be the easiest to work for them. Well, any teacher or the one or two principals that I've had on in the last week or so, Maeve, have been saying, actually, no, we will come in and work. Just leave the, leave the students at home. Leave the pupils at home. We'll come in and work. We've stuff to be doing between Monday and Wednesday to be, you know, winding down. So the, the teachers are willing to go in and do whatever needs to be done. So that, 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 to be fair to the teachers, I've not spoken to one teacher who wants an extra couple of days holidays. I'd prefer kids to stay in school, says this message. They're now wearing masks. They need routine. They need normal social interaction with their peers. So it's important. In my own situation, my 17-year-old 
that obviously the rest of my children has missed so much more, but missing coursework as leaving cert is in June. It's been detrimental to his mental health. The isolation has taken and told him school online is not the same. We'll have to live with COVID. It's here to stay. I'm working on the front line. It's going to be around for a while. My kids are in secondary school. I would have taken them out of school months ago. I said it in the beginning as the school's breeding it. So many people in contact with each other. Thanks, PJ. Uh, love the show. Uh, yeah. We're kind of talking mostly about the primaries because at least in secondary school, the children have an opportunity to get vaccinated. Uh, the primaries aren't being vaccinated as of yet. And the, pri- the primaries are riddled with COVID. Let us, let us not stop. Let us not lie to each other. Primary schools are currently riddled with COVID. And... Yeah. 1850-715-996. Just on evictions. And Dennis Graham says a moratorium on no-fault evictions. Absolutely. But all evictions... What happens with antisocial behaviour? Those who don't pay their rent, there has to be new ones, which is a fair point. But I do think that's the point Dennis was making. When it's not your fault, as it wasn't, it wasn't in his case, then there should be a moratorium. Just a traffic update. There's a hold up on the dual carriageway at Silver Springs, heading towards the tunnel. At this, this point, we know not why. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Make the perfect chip at home with their chipping potatoes. Once you taste them, you'll be back for more. Now in store. Corks 96FM. So here's something that a listener got in touch with us about. Um, They're wondering if anyone would be cancelling their Santa visit after the 19th of December or if anyone, any place has a vacant slot uh, after that time for a family of four. They had the tickets bought already, but they're isolating due to COVID and they'd love to do a swap. If anybody wants to help out or can help out there, get in touch and we'll put you in touch with them. 1850 That there's one thing that's been talked more about at the moment than COVID, it's the flipping lottery. I haven't done the lottery in months. The, the Queen Bee does it from time to time. She's more inclined to do the Euro Millions. When the Euro Millions gets huge, I do it. But I haven't done our own lottery for ages. So it kind of slipped my mind, to be honest, that it hadn't been won for over six months. The last lottery win was in June. And it's been rolled over and rolled over and rolled over and rolled over and rolled over since June the 9th. And everyone's wondering what the hell is happening with the national lottery. It's a 40, what, 47 number Lottery now, six to be drawn, you know yourself. Uh, Is there a mathematics to this? Is there some reason why it just keeps rolling over and not getting won? Gráinne Bagnall is a mathematician and joins me. Gráinne, good morning to you. 
Good morning, PJ. I suppose just to, to clarify, I'm not a mathematician, but I am very interested in, in maths. And I suppose why you guys called me yesterday is I set up a program called Sense About Maths and really encouraging more girls and boys to be curious about math and lifting the, the bridge against maths and why we need more STEM and STEAM graduates. So um, long time pulling at, you know, our maths curriculum from primary school, kids start yeah. deciding at about the age of eight, yeah. you know, is math for them? Is it too difficult? Will they ever use it again? Is it the way they're taught? Is it the numbers game? Yeah. And I suppose that connection to anything highlighting for me or for all the maths teachers out there, yeah. um, what's the importance of maths and has the lotto anything to do with it, I suppose? Yeah, well, um, I guess it's something that people are talking about at the moment in, in terms of the maths of the lotto in, in that, you know, how many times can you draw six numbers out of a possible 47 and, and not get the right six? Do you know what I mean? And the, the, the probability of it all, it, it's be, people are taking more of an interest in it now. Absolutely. And I suppose the number one thing is that we all talk about our memory and days of late is our memory, you know, slipping us by with all that's going on. From my understanding in the lotto, the balls don't have a memory, right? So that means the balls go back in each time mm. and new balls are selected. Mm. So is it is it by chance? Is it by luck? Is it a random? Is it your birthday? Is it your granny's birthday? Is it your anniversary? Um, so I think people, some people would just choose their numbers by luck. And then, of course, there are great statisticians and mathematicians out there that would like to have a base on probability, on statistics, on how, and, and look at our current crisis yeah. on COVID. It's all a numbers game, right? Yeah. So look back at our great George Boole that came to Cork in 1815, a self-taught mathematician. Why did he find, you know, that maths was so important and can he see a reasoning behind it? So I believe he did, and he set up the algebra and um, logic. So there is logic, there is statistics, there is formulas. And and does that scare people away from mm. actually tacking the big, beast, the big beast? And I think for me, it's about the curiosity of maths. It's breaking it down. It's seeing what is the likely chance of something happening if you get your numbers right. Yeah. And some people would say, look, you can be killed by a meteorite when you consider the empty versus occupied planetary surface area. You have pretty low, if wide-ranging odds between yeah. one like, and two. You, you could sit down with a pencil and paper all day long. I did maths in school and in college, and I know that if you take the six numbers out of a 47, there, there is a calculation, isn't there, uh, where you can, it's, it's a formula where you put the total number of balls that you have in one side of the formula and you ask it for the number of combinations of six that can come out of it. Now, six out of 47, when the lotto started, it was 36. Six out of 36 is a lot, a lot less combinations than six out of 47. So the odds are much, much longer than they were back in the day. Absolutely. And I suppose the interest is in growing the number and the prize winning, getting more people engaged and making it more challenging. 
Mm. Right. Like, give, like in, in terms of the, because a lot of people are saying now, oh, crikey, is it this, is it that, are they doing this, are they doing that? It is possible, is it not, Grania, given that calculation of the number of possible combinations, that it is possible for there have to be have been all these many rollovers and no match. It is mathematically possible. Absolutely. I, I would believe so. But, um, you know, I guess, and that's the living argument and the beauty about science and maths, that will we ever know? Will we ever know? Do you know what I mean? And some, unless somebody can prove in tomorrow's call or next week's call that they, unlike our great mat- mathematicians of the past or scientists of the past, that they can sit down and show us how they pull those numbers together. Yeah. Like, you, if you look at the, the chances of winning, the chances of winning the lotto in its present form compared to other things, comparing it to lightning, comparing it to having twins, comparing it to finding a four-leaf clover, like, it, it ranks up there with, a fairly, with fairly long odds, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's the, the challenge, and you make it more exciting, you make it more... Um, the number goes up. Is there is there an argument out there for sharing the big prize and bringing it down if you get the five numbers or the four numbers? That's something that could be possibly looked at in the future. But as we all know, the bigger the prize, the bigger the opportunity, the bigger the game. Yeah. And yeah, I was I just got the calculation up there now. Six numbers out of a 47 number lotto. Uh, you can do it 10,737,574 possible combinations of six numbers out of 47 it would take a lot of players and a lot of you know statistical numbers to come to that figure yeah, yeah. okay alright listen thank you very much Grania Grania Bagdell um, Sam is her is, is her uh, sense about maths. Maths in a box is what she does. Looking at the lotto. Thank you, thank you, Grania. Yeah, it's it, your chances are one in one million nine hundred and forty-seven thousand seven hundred ninety-two. Are your chances of getting the right six numbers? And that calculation, which I just pulled up there in out of the computer. So of the six numbers in the forty-seven, ten million. 737,574 possible combinations of lotto numbers. Good luck with it. I, as I said, haven't done it in months. To be like something that happened, you know, I'd do it on the way home and win it. Will I do it on the way home? Actually, one little interesting bit of trivia about the lotto. If you base your lottery numbers on birthdays, you're less likely to win. That's an interesting one because, and I was reading this during the week in the newspaper, you're less likely to win if you base your lottery all on birthdays. And have you figured out why? Have you figured out why that is? I'll tease you with it for a little while if you can guess. So if you pick, say, mom's birthday, dad's birthday, the kids' birthdays and your birthday, and you pick all the birthdays, then you've less chance of winning the lotto. Figure that one out. 
I'll tell you about it in a while. 1850-715-996. That is fun. It's a very simple reason, but I guarantee you most people won't get it. Mick Hoey, good morning. I saw this video uh, on on Cork Bio and a few other outlets during the week. First of all, how, how's the young lad? How's Alan? Good morning. I, he's, uh, I, I was in touch with him uh, since the occasion. and I, I suppose like anybody else, it was a scary moment and he's coming around. I yeah, it was just one of those things. Yeah. This, is the, this is a boat that just just caught fire. Describe what happened as you saw it. Uh, well, I was just fishing away. Um, for those that wouldn't be in tuna, how fishing works, we're just fishing shrimp pots and I have a string of pots and a length of rope with anchors and weights and all the rest like everybody else. And I suppose from from years ago, he... he you just have a habit if a boat's coming out of harbour, coming from anywhere, you just glance at them. Yeah. And you're tipping away, it's not taking you any time, and you glance up again, and until they go out of sight. And, and it was, I saw him coming out, he was probably off grab off, and I saw him coming first. And then he was at the motor of the harbour, and next time I glanced, he was a bit further out. And just as we were finishing, throwing out the last bit of, uh, of that uh, particular string, we were throwing out, I just turned around, I saw the puff of smoke. And initially, I thought it was um, I thought it was diesel just coming out the exhaust, just a, a black puff of smoke. Yeah. And when I seconds later, I turned around again. I saw the flame, and I thought, "Well, have to move." Yeah. So it was a the sea was kind. The sea stay was calm enough, but it, it, I say I'm my boat is very slow, and that was my biggest worry that I wouldn't get to him before before it engulfed because it was the. The planes were starting to get a bit intense at that stage. It, it went up like tinder. It really did. It did, but it was... Uh, as it was getting intense, it, it was burning slowly. And when I was about halfway there, uh, I, I'd i completely lost sight of my... I didn't know if he was in the water. I didn't know if he was still on board or what. But as I was approaching, coming around the stern of the boat, upwind, it was only then... Uh, we were only yards away from each other when we both saw each other, and that's when I realised that he was still on the boat. But I had in my head, if he's in the water, what will I do? If he's on the boat, what will I do? And there you'd be just kind of starting out a scenario in your head before you, you see the actual situation. And once I went around the side, uh, the starboard side was completely in flames. There was no way I could approach that. Yeah. The stern was on fire, and... The fire was starting to spread up on the port side. It, w- it wouldn't have been midship at that stage, but it was getting underway. And just saw an opportunity that we could come in beside him. Yeah. So I kind of positioned the boat because I didn't want to. I didn't want to bang. I know I was going to uh, put mine up my boat up against his, but I didn't want to shudder it in in case he lost balance. And it just it just fell into place. All mm-hmm. perfect. I mean, Alan was calm. He was grand. He was. He did what he was supposed to do, Kean. He was. He did what he was supposed to do. We just did a few little things, and yeah. it just worked. Right. And but minutes later, it was just flipping completely engulfed. Yeah, it was, an, it was desperate for. It's it's great that you were there, and it's great that you helped, and and, and well done. Come here, Mick. Are you missing the music, or are you getting anybody music played these days? Because I know you play a bit. Ah, very good. Yeah, of course. I was. A good friend of mine, Ari Sheen, he's yeah. uh, for me. He's one of the best musicians in Ireland. But uh, no, sure, we ha- haven't seen each other. The last time we played a gig was in oh, only weeks before. 
Really? Uh, the pandemic came. Yeah. And yeah. sure, as you know yourself, it kind of put a dent in the whole thing. Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's a pity. I'm sorry to hear that, because Mick Hoy, whether you wouldn't know it or not, folks, he's one of the best traditional musicians out there. And uh, his pal, Ari, is brilliant. Their band is called Rianoir. I can never pronounce it correctly, but anyway. Thank you very much, Mick. Uh, he was the guy who went to the rescue of Alan Mulcahy, who is fine, just very shaken after what happened to him just off Myrtleville the other day. 1850 Yeah, I think um, Kevin has guessed it. Kevin has guessed it. Uh, why, why you have less chance of winning the lottery if you just use birthdays. I'll tell you in a while. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. With your local mace helping to make this Christmas extra special. Cork's Gold Imro Award winning sports show. The score on Cork's 96 FM. Join me, Trevor Welsh, Sundays from 2 for the best music mix on all the latest sport as we focus on some Finbar's clash with Ear Oak Ennis of Clare in the Monster Football Club Championship semi final. And the big game in the Premier League is Tottenham versus Liverpool. Right here, right Join Trevor Welch for the score this Sunday from 2 p.m. With Firebird Heating Solutions. If you're building, think of the Firebird Air Source Heat Pump with underfloor heating and heat recovery. See firebird.ie. Right here, right now. On Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Ah, yeah, I shouldn't take you for ages at all. Kevin got it. Ellie got it. The other Kevin got it. Loads of people didn't leave their names. Got it. Yeah, it's very simple. If you pick... Your lottery number is based on birthdays. Have you ever heard of anyone born on the 34th of something? Or the 41st of anything? Or the 47th of July? No. So therefore, if you just pick birthdays... In the old lottery, they used to do that. But then if you just pick birthdays, you're, you're on, on a loser. Then this one, this guy says, My lucky numbers are 1, 5 and 2. Because when I grew up, where I grew up was number 152. My first car registration was 152. My last address was number 15 on level 2. It flipping follows me everywhere. Well, do you know what you do with that now? Take all the combinations of things you can do with the letters 152. Like, I'd be looking at 30 there, and I'd be looking at uh, 15. You know, having a bit of fun with the numbers and get right there. You'd never know. You'd never know. No. Actually, if you won the lottery the weekend, would you go into work on Monday? Think about that now. The last the last lottery before Christmas, well, there's one on Wednesday, but say Saturday. Say that your numbers came up this Saturday night. Uh, you got the six numbers and you won the 19 point something million. Would you go to work huh, on Monday? I think I know the answer to that one as well. 1850-715-996 If you want to do our Riverdance competition a bit later on, remember, text the word Riverdance and your name 
083 396 96 The word Riverdance and your name to 083 396 96 You need to stay by your phone because we will call the winner to take part in our little game on the air. Now, it was an interesting uh, development this week with regard to Afghans and if you're to look at the news coming out of Afghanistan, it is just getting worse and worse and worse, as described by some of the most seasoned aid workers on the planet as hell on earth developing in Afghanistan. We've already been speaking with a man who is pleading for an opportunity to get out of the place. I'll be, let you hear that one a little bit later. But Joya, you're trying to help a family who are presently in hiding out there. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. That's correct. Yes, my my friends Samira, Hamed, and their young son have been in hiding since um, since the Taliban took over, and the situation is just desperate. Why are they in hiding, Joya? Um, well, I I can't say exactly where, obviously, why, but they're why, in hiding. Why? I mean, why? Why? Um, I suppose that you know they're they're in such danger um, at the moment. They they are both women's rights advocates. Um, Samira would have worked as a biology and mathematics teacher for a girls' state school, and um, Hamed was an advocacy um, officer with the Afghan uh, Women's Network. So both of them have kind of dedicated their lives to bringing equality to women and girls in Afghanistan and they were really um, working hard on, on, on that and I suppose when the Taliban took over they went into the offices of the Afghan Women's Network they confiscated all the staff documents and started putting together a list of I suppose what they'd consider traitors, you know, people who are against their ideology and um, they're, they're, they're going door to door looking for people who, who are, I suppose, against the ideology of the Taliban. Yeah. And the, it's, it's a regime that the worst we get to hear in this side of the world is only the tip of the iceberg in reality. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. When I when I speak to my friends, you know, the, the things that they're telling me, you, you don't even hear in the media. You know, it all happens behind the media. It all happens in secrecy. Um, you know, they they have such a good intelligence network and nobody knows who's <laughs> who's supplying information to the Taliban. So everybody is in fear, you know, and nobody can trust anybody. Yeah. Um They've been in hiding since August and they've already had to move three times because they were in fear that they'd be found out, you know. And someone will turn them in that they thought was a friend. Exactly. Yeah. Friends, neighbours, family. Um, you know, the the risk is immense and there's there's, you know, the 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 fear is that, that they just lose their lives, you know, that they'd be executed. People are being, you know, people are disappearing around them, former colleagues, people in their networks, um, people are being killed. And um, it's just terrifying. Now, the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, announced this programme during the week uh, to allow someone to apply for temporary residence if they're already here, uh, an Afghan 
um, citizen who's in Ireland can apply for temporary residence for family members. I don't think that will apply to your friends, will it? Unfortunately, it wouldn't. I mean, it's it's a great um, it's a great step forward, and I'm really pleased for any Afghans that are already in Ireland who can nominate family members to join them here and um, and and you know escape the regime. Um, I suppose you know uh, technically they they're they're not my family, but you know we we here in Cork will offer them every um, bit of support that any family would as well. We have a house at the ready. We have supports at the ready. We're ready to integrate them into Ireland. All we need is the officials to, to give the go-ahead. Yeah, and is there any kind of a scheme under which they could come here? Um, well, I suppose... Um, it's worth mentioning that over 500 people, um, Afghans, have already been granted a yes. visa or a waiver um, over the past few months. And, um, you know, there's a certain percentage of that, that group that that are not deemed in a position to travel right now, you know. So what I'm hoping is really is that for, for those spaces that have been allocated um, but won't be taken up, that my friends might be able to take, to take those spaces. That's what I'm aiming for. Okay, okay. Joya, how do you know them? How are you? How do you? How do you know? I know them since. Um, well, I know Hamed since 2016. Um, it was around the time of the the refugee crisis when it started around Greece. I was I was fundraising for different organisations in Greece who were dealing with the refugee crisis and also raised funds for other organisations who were working um, in in countries locally like Afghanistan, like the Women's Network, who were working on the ground to make uh, a better situation for locals there, so that you know. Hopefully, people wouldn't have to flee, um, and and you know just work towards a, a better, more equal society. Um, so, Hamed was my contact there, and yeah, we just clicked. You know, I'd always been interested in going to Afghanistan, and he'd always been interested in Ireland. So we we just clicked and stayed in touch, and yeah. he then got married with Samira, and. Yeah, now we're in 2021. Okay. Well, here's hoping that something will work out for them very, very soon, because it sounds like the situation is is appalling there. Joya, thank you very much. You have everything for them. There's a place they can stay. They just need to get here. Joya, I wish you and uh, your friends well. And I hope that they do get to, to get out of Afghanistan as soon as possible. Thank you, Joya. Yeah, it's an awful situation. Listen to a, a documentary the other night on, uh, I think it was BBC. Well, I was just pottering around the kitchen doing something and I had a, the radio randomly sampling around. And Yeah, it's awful out there. And the worst that we're seeing on the television is really only the tip of the iceberg of what's actually going on there. 1850-715-996. Speaking of which, we have been in contact with a man called Ahmad, or Ahmad, uh, who is in Kabul, and that's as much as we're able to say because he too is in sort of in hiding, not as deep in hiding as Joya's friends, but Ahmed is kind of living as much under the radar as he possibly can. But he reached out and we picked up on it and he's been telling me about his situation. Ahmed, 
good to speak to you um, and thank you for joining me. What's life been like in Afghanistan since the, the Taliban took over power there? It, it, things have changed a lot, I think. Uh, thank you uh, very much, Mr. Coogan, uh, for giving me the opportunity and uh, talking to me. And this is a lot for me. Since uh, withdrawal of American troops, uh, there are like more than 25 million people uh, have been displaced and uh, they are facing with many challenges. And uh, uh, they are fleeing with nothing more than clothes on their back because uh, the day by day, the situation in Afghanistan is going bad. It's it's all lie. The people are saying that there are like the environment is good or that uh, uh, there are general amnesty, but there are a lot of poverty day by day. That, because uh, give and take is by dollar in Afghanistan, the business is so that's why day by day dollar is increasing. Dollar is increasing, so poverty is coming. Uh, poverty is also increasing. The people can't afford this. So it is a kind of uh, like, uh, it's a kind of like nothing in this country is nowadays. Poverty is really increasing, yeah? Poverty is increasing. People are, uh, they have left their job because of fear and uh, because they, the banks, the businesses, the smalls, like all of them are closed. Education system is also closed, like growth system growing. And the numbers are growing and not reflecting, reflective of Taliban's most recent advances. And daily necessities are far from the reach of the uh, people. Channel, our children are asked to pick up weapons instead of pencils and like this. They are all full of, the country is full of horror. Right. So that's why the situation is not good. Environment, people can, yeah, but they have uh, promised that we have a, a kind of like uh, uh, schedule or we will make this, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure because it's been like three, three and a half months. They are uh, on the power, but there are not any job. Winter is coming, The winter, and right now it's also winter. But it's, it's day by day, it's going more cold. The weather is getting cold. So we have to buy much things, stuffs for the house, like woods and uh, uh, heaters, like this kind of stuff. So that's why the, uh, the coming of uh, withdrawal of American troops, these all mis- uh, Afghan people are facing with this kind of misery. Yes. Are you in danger because of your profession? You're a journalist. Are you, are, you in, are you in danger because of that? Yeah. I was actually, I was started working uh, in 2012. When I was, uh, when I have graduated from school, then I started working. And that time I was a teacher. After finishing like for maximum for two, three years, uh, I have continuously, I was teaching. But besides this teaching, I was also studying. As my, I have done my bachelor. But I like to be a journalist, like yeah. freelance or whatever. So finally, I got that. Uh, then I have, uh, I have, I connected with my cousin. He brought me to the press, Shaheen and IHA, Shaheen Press and IHA. On that time, I was. Like we were going to uh, our village Logar, it's one of the dangerous provinces in Afghanistan. 
and all of my relatives know that I am working with them. Even I have warned by the Taliban on that time. Then I was, then we, we were not, the, I, I stopped going there. Then we were living in Kabul on that time. On that time I was living in Kabul, then I started again the freelancing job and I have served for them because I was the, their assistant for maximum two weeks, three weeks, and I have also connection with them. And still I cannot go easily because it's dangerous for me. They have announced, like in the general media, uh, Facebook, television, they are saying that we have announced a general amnesty, but it's not like that. It's mm. all lie. On the backstage, they are killing them. Target killing. They have called likely target killing. Wow. So I've, I'm facing with a lot of uh, challenges and a uh, lot of difficulties sometimes when I'm going outside and I have to because um, I must go outside. I need to find something and bring for myself, for my family, to yes. find something. I'm, I'm wearing the mask and I'm covering my face because they are all, they are not human. They are inhuman. The yes. Taliban, they are like behaving bad with people. So that's why my... Uh, 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 appeal is to the government that kindly support me. You, you want you want to get out. You, you you want to come and live in Ireland. Is that right? Of course, Ireland. Uh, what uh, Ireland, Canada, like Switzerland, unlike other UK, because this is my appeal. They have to work. They have to help with me, and I am in a great danger because. If they know that they found my house, because right now I'm hidden in my house. I'm not talking even with my friends. Sometimes I'm with friends because they are also my enemy. My friends are also not. Nowadays, you will not find a good friend in this era. You can't. You don't know who you can trust. Trust is not. Yeah, you will never find the trust. You will never find trustworthy person. And the uh, Taliban policy is like if we found someone who has worked as interpreter, he or she will be penalized. But they have also, as I said, that they have also announced general amnesty, but it's a lie. They're killing them on their backstage, searching houses, killing them, and still I'm inside hidden. But it's a, I'm just appealing, I'm requesting, there's a kind request from the government of Ireland, Canada, Switzerland, France, America or blah blah more countries UK just mm. kindly support me and take me out from this misery me with my family my brothers because I was the one who worked with them so they, they are not seeing that you only they just also pointing out your brother yes. my one brother is also he he worked with the American troops but he went there and he also filled all the forms online through online but he didn't listen he didn't re get any reply he said my family is there yes and i don't want they have to sacrifice for me the given sacrifice so that's why my my aim my objective of this and uh, this interview is that they have to listen to me because i will if they found someone like if you, if the government of Ireland or government of UK or of Canada or France, if they 
give any refuge to a family or to a guy. I'm I'm 26, 27, 28 years old guy. I didn't. So that's why I want to live. I want to have a bright future in the ahead. Can Can we do anything to help you? I mean, yes, people are listening to us talk now, but can we do anything to help you? The help is not like to, like to help me financially. But yeah, I will try because I'm not giving up. I will try. I will do everything. I will earn money. But I want to live. Living is more uh, uh, important than earning the money. First, I have to live. Then I will, I will find I will find the job or I will have to do something. But the first thing my aim is you from your government, from your uh, organization, from your radio, that kindly raise my voice and to the top management of the countries and Ireland countries of the government of the Ireland that please please just help me I need your help I have I have all the uh, documents all the letters and from the uh, that uh, I have worked with the companies like Shaheen Press IHA mm-hmm. because they are preparing the documents because that time I was not caring that's why I didn't take any later but right now when I face the ch- challenges and everyone was going, everyone was leaving the country, and we, it's, believe me, believe me, the day the American came, uh, sorry, the Taliban take over the uh, Afghanistan, that day I was so ha- hopeless, believe me. It was full of horror. It was one of my bad day, a day of obstacles, a day of horror, because in the past, our parents were talking about the collapse of regime like this and that, Dr. Najib's government, and the past Taliban came. But right now, in this time, I saw all the things. Everyone was escaping. Everyone was running away from their jobs, from the uh, from outside the markets. Believe me, I went outside. When I see, then I just came back to home. My family was calling me, just come back, come back, don't go outside. Then I was, believe me, I even cried. It sounds like a very frightening situation. Ahmed, thank you for speaking with me. If if anybody can help, then they can get in touch with us and we can put them in touch with you. I wish you well um, and I wish you safety. Thank you, Mr. Kogan. So nice of you. Uh, thanks a lot. I will never forget your this kind kindness that you have contacted with me and you ask about my family, about my situation. Thanks a lot. Lovely guy. Uh, we were chatting the other day. Uh, Joya has a petition up to help her friends get out of Afghanistan. We've posted it on our Twitter. It's uh, a safe haven in Ireland for the Nadiri family. Uh, also, remember Nadim that we spoke to on the show a couple of months ago? He went on hunger strike. Uh, Nadim has been granted permission to stay. Now that I didn't actually know until Fiona popped it up there on screen. I am delighted to hear that. Uh, Nadim was very distressed here with me on the programme a couple of months ago. You'll remember he'd come over, he'd been working all the way through the pandemic in security, he worked in fast food, that kind of thing, uh, all through the pandemic and was living in direct provision and was living in mortal fear of being sent back to India uh, because he felt that his life would be in danger if he went back to India and I'm delighted that uh, Fiona's just confirmed here on my screen that Nadim has been granted permission to stay. That's a win for us. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 2021, that's a win. And we'll take that. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, going the extra smile to make your Christmas special. Hi. Morning. Oh my god. Oh, What's wrong, Joanne? What's wrong? She's a bit shaky. Shaking. And I said, I tried to roll the cigarette, and I'm shaking so much. And how many times has pop singer Madonna been married? Uh, Sean Penn, uh, the other lad, two. She was married to Sean Penn and Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Which means she was married twice, and you've just won 2,000. Oh my god, you can roll a fag with a 50 or a note now. That is absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Another winner, there you go, go, go. The two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. With phones, your Irish SIM-free specialist for 12 years. Any SIM, any network, any country. Phones.ie. Casey and Ross in the morning. Courts 96 FM. Now this story's just come in to me this morning. I'm just looking at a GoFundMe page. Uh, beautiful little lad. A big smile on his face. Surrounded by a loving family. His name is Connor. And his family, who are from Cork, but live in the UK. His mum is from Cork, lives in the UK. Uh, they got devastating news back in November about Connor. Therese, you're Connor's auntie and, and his godmother. Um, such a gorgeous looking little lad on that, on that photograph. Tell me about him. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Um, good. I suppose Connor is three since September and uh, this has really rocked our family because it's only it's coming on so, so quickly and nobody has gotten time to digest the news or 
make head or tails of it. And you look at him and you think he's a picture of health. Mm. Um, he should be running around playing with his brother um, Jack. And this is all happening now at the moment. And everybody's looking forward to Christmas. And we are there trying to deal with this. Mm. To November, he started to get unwell, was it? Yeah, it was only four weeks ago. Himself and Jack were playing on the stairs, as boys do. Jack came in and said that Connor had fallen and Louise went out to him. So a couple of days later, Louise just noticed that he wasn't using his dominant side. So he was picking things up with his left hand and things like that. So she watched him for a couple of days. She said to her husband, I'm not kind of happy with him. She contacted her GP. He referred him on to the hospital. So he went through a knee. He was admitted. He had an x-ray on the Tuesday. Uh, came back clear. On the Wednesday, he had another x-ray. That came back clear. So with Louise's uh, genetic disorder, he they wanted to do an MRI. So they done an MRI on the Thursday. And within one hour of the MRI, the consultants were up in the room and they told to call her husband. Yeah. So um, Dean came in and they said that he had a brain tumour and that the type of brain tumour that, that he had, they couldn't deal with him in the hospital. So they had to transfer him to uh, John Radcliffe in Oxford, right. where they specialise in paediatric oncology. Yeah, it's a very famous so hospital. He met, yeah. yeah, so they met with the paediatric oncologist and the paediatric neurosurgeon on the Friday they said, look, we'll discharge him today. Go home, enjoy your weekend with your family and come back on the Tuesday. He came back on the Tuesday, had a more detailed MRI because he was going down for a biopsy on the Wednesday. And the biopsy in itself was going to be an incredibly dangerous procedure over the place. It embedded because it's in the brainstem. The yeah. area of the tumour is... It's called it's called a DIPG, which is a big long name, but just shortened to DIPG, yes. and it's a very important part of his brain that controls things like blood pressure, breathing, breathing, the heart. movement of the face. And have they told him it's inoperable? They've told him they can't operate. They told him no because um, when he had the um, biopsy on the Wednesday. They sent him home again, and a week later, on the 2nd of December, he wasn't feeling well. So he had to go back to Oxford, and when he went back, the oncologist and the neurosurgeon met with them and said that his results had come back. And they said that the type well it is, it's so aggressive in kids that it's inoperable. Um, he can't have he can't have chemo because over him having the uh, TP53, um, they said what's, that radiotherapy... Uh, it's it, it's a, a genetic okay. um, disorder. Like Louise has TP53. Um, it's just a genetic thing. You're prone to cancers like skin, brain, oh, spine. And oh, um, so he has he has a gene TP53. So they said that radiotherapy would be very invasive for him. That he would have to have it, like say, for three weeks, and each day he would have to go underneath general anaesthetic to get the radiotherapy, oh and that it would only shrink the tumor a small bit, and within months it would grow back again. So Louise then um, said that she'd look around the UK, see if there's any, I suppose, um, clinical trials going on. There's nothing in the UK at the moment, so she's looking around the world. Um, and in Europe and the US and Australia, they're doing trials all the time. But they won't even look at Connor at the moment unless she has some sort of money to back her. Hence why this GoFundMe page has been set up. Yeah. And 
so this is where we are today. So there is a trial in Europe, is there? And would would this yeah? Would he be eligible for it, Trace? We we don't know. You see, um, we have to have money to back us for them to look at him, okay. and then they'll see. Yeah, they'll see then if he is eligible. Um, for so it to go ahead. To, to, to even assess it. And all his treatment so far and how quick he was seen and scanned and everything, mm. that was all on yeah. the NHS? Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, they're very, very good. They're very, very good over there. And it's all down to Louise as well because they know her background with her genetic of disorder. Course, of course, Then yeah. the kids, you see, so they'll see them straight away and it's so quick, so fast. Yes. Like, and how, and how is he now... What what changes have there been? I mean, is he? He's very nervous. He's very nervous to walk because one side of him is, I suppose, he doesn't have much life in it. Okay. So he's nervous and trying to walk. He can stand, but trying to walk by himself is another thing. Okay. He's nervous in the bath, but if he's lying down, he's okay. It's just if he has to sit up or anything like that, he's just nervous that he might fall. And does he so, understand that uh, he's not well? I know he's only little. Yeah, yeah, he's gone through so much at such a young age. Does he understand uh, that he's not well? No, no, he doesn't. Uh, Louise said that he was watching the TV last week and he saw uh, a soccer player. And he turned to her and he said, I want to be a soccer player when I'm older. Yeah. yeah. And I hate asking this, but mm-hmm. what happens if he doesn't get the treatment quickly? If there isn't something available, how long have they given him? Um, they told her to go home and enjoy Christmas with him. Like, you're, you're talking, it's only months. Oh, God almighty. Yeah. Oh, good God. I know, I know. It's very, very sad. That's... It's very sad. That's earth-shattering news. How, how, how is Louise? How's her partner? Um, Louise is not, she's not very good. Mm. She's trying, trying to hold it together for Jack, for her other son. Of course. And she, she's trying to make a happy home. She, like, with Christmas and everything, she's trying to do her best. Mm-hmm. But behind it all, she's just falling apart. Yeah. She uh, she won't leave Connor sleep on his own. He's in the bed with her. She's nervous that he's on his own at any time. Yeah. yeah. So, you're, you're very close, are you, Trace? Sorry? You're very close. Yeah, yeah. Can you get I'm over trying, to her? Yeah. I know COVID is making the bags of everything for everybody, but can you get over to her? Uh, work permitted. I can't get time off work at the moment. My mother's only yet coming back. Right. She she came back on Saturday, and we were trying our best to try and get Louise and her husband, Jean, and the two boys home for Christmas. But we don't know if he can make the travel. Okay. And um, I know that if it is a thing that you can't get him onto the trial, yeah. they want to take him to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's. I think it's something every child wants to do, isn't it? Go and see Mickey Minnie Mouse. Uh, I suppose uh, her friend Jade is a photographer and took them out for a day and done photos of all of them together, so that they would have some something to remember happy times so it's just to have happy times like going to Disney World and things like that which would be a good thing for him they're making memories yeah making memories is true yeah 
God, this is so it's, sad. It's 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 something that you, you it's like a horror movie. You you actually don't think this is going to happen to you. It happens to other people, but it never happens to you. And something you see on television, yeah. but you never think that you wake up when these days to be told Connor has a brain tumor. You 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 just you don't think it. You just it's something that should never happen. He's too young. He's never had a first. He's Not never fair. experienced things. Not fair. So, yeah, he's meant to go to preschool in, in January. You know, these are all life that he's meant to experience. He just hasn't had an experience of any part of his life yet. And they've been told to take him home and have a nice Christmas. Yeah, it would be lovely. It'd be absolutely lovely. Have it all together. The whole family. Okay, we've shared the GoFundMe uh, on our Twitter. Yeah, um, yeah, it's. So the plan is to look, raise as much as you can to see yeah. can he be assessed for the treatment yeah. program, and and even That's if basically it. and and then even if he can't be treated, try and get him to Disneyland. Yeah, as you say, to make memories with him. That's it. And it's we're just... talking. We're talking months. Yeah, months. That's it. Months. Not years, months. Yeah, I know. I know. It's absolutely crazy. What I want to say anyway is to thank everybody who has donated so far. From a home here in England, it's, they've just been amazing. Yeah, well, there's £10,000 sterling in there now. Yeah, which is great, isn't it? Which is absolutely great. I would just show the generosity of people. Even though Christmas is only a week away, yeah. people are still deep, digging deep into their pockets to give to a little boy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what to say to you, Trez. I really don't. I, 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 no. There are no, there are no wise words. There are no, there's nothing they can offer here to put any kind of a solace on this. There, this isn't anything. It'd be stupid to even try. Exactly. I know. I know. You, you would even feel it if you were in the situation instead of speaking to somebody else. How would you address it? How would you talk to them? There's just words just just wouldn't come to you. There aren't any. It's just so, you know. Like not the, the only the only word the only word that comes to my mind is unfair. Yeah, extremely unfair. Extremely unfair. He just hasn't getting a chance at life whatsoever. Nothing. And he's her, he was her miracle baby. She was never meant to have him. Oh, God. Yeah. Why, because yeah. of her, because of her, her genetic condition, is that it? It's because Louise had cancer a few times and with all the chemo and things that she's had, she should never have had any kids. Okay. Um, after that, that she, when she got pregnant, it was just a miracle. Oh, my. He was just her miracle baby. And how old is Jack? Jack is seven. He's seven and trying to explain to Jack. How's he taking this? He knows he's sick, but with it to a seven year old, how how sick is sick? He he's not he's not thinking that Connor's not gonna be there one day with him. No. So you can, there's only so much you can tell them and explain to them. They're playing on the stairs only a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, four weeks ago. So in four weeks, this all happened. All right. Trez, 
Yeah. We'll be thinking of them. And, and we've, you, shared, we've shared that out. Um, Thank you so much. So, so the plan is to raise as much as possible to see, can he get on this yeah. treatment Clinical program? Trade. But the assessment yeah. alone will cost money. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. NHS will do it, but the NHS can do no more. Is that right, David? No. no. They have nothing for him at the moment. No, there's no clinical trials over there at the moment. Not, not even in the wonderful Great Ormond Street, like nothing? No, oh he's, um, no his oncologists have, are in talks with them every day to see if something is coming up. And Great Ormond Street have nothing at the moment for him. And that's, that's like one of the best children's hospitals in the world. Yeah, exactly. And they have nothing. Okay. Look, we'll be thinking of them. Um, thank you so much uh, and thank you thank you for giving me the opportunity to come in this morning no no Trace thank you thank you for speaking to me and please please give our best from all of us from all of us please give our best to the family thank you so much thank you cheers take care PJ take care take care of yourself where do you go from that where do you even go can we just talk the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. The final concert of four in the Spotlight Chamber Music Series 2021 will feature two works for strings and piano. A short contemporary trio by Irish composer Finola Mary and the second in Brand's triptych of piano quartets. It takes place at Tristel Christchurch on Saturday, December 18th. Access all areas. Panto returns to Cork Opera House with a brand new show titled Nanny Nelly's Adventures in Pantoland. An extended run will allow for all ticket holders to attend and it starts at the venue from December 10th running until mid-January. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by mailing us here at AAA at night. 96fm.ie Access all areas Your guide to nightlife on the side On Cork's 96fm The lines are live And we're ready to talk Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, Jerry sent a message a while back with regard to Omicron and spread and what we're doing about it and all of that. And he finished off with a statement that doesn't really stand up to scrutiny. Jerry, I'll read it anyway. He said, Hi, Peter, there's talking around in government circles like there was about the Delta virus, that their symptoms were mild, etc., etc. However, as government has seen, vaccinations are not a solution to dealing with COVID on its own. The problem with different variants is they're becoming more infectious and governments are people and people are generally becoming more complacent. The run on the hospitals and services will be such that they won't be able to cope. And that is happening now. Hospitals are sending people home after a minimum stay, which will have consequences in recovery, the spread of the virus and long-term COVID treatment. The Omicron virus is 10 times more infectious than the Delta. Well, not quite 10, more like three. Anyway, 10 times more infectious than the Delta virus. And we've seen the action that England has taken. And what have we done? Nothing. The English Prime Minister took advice from his four chief medical officers and took action. What have our bunch done in recent weeks? 
only talk about the 100 euro they're going to give everyone after Christmas. We're the laughing stock of Europe, and the plan we had at the start has gone out of the window. Well, we're far from the laughing stock, Jerry. And I'm the first one to criticise and the first one to say what should be done and what isn't being done. I would prefer if they closed the schools tomorrow, but they've decided not to. But people will vote with their feet there. We're anything but the laughing stock. And take a quick look around at other countries before you say that. Um, we're far from it. We're, we're in a difficult situation and people are very worried, very, very worried about what lies ahead over the next three to four weeks with Omegran spreading like wildfire. That's true. Uh, what Boris Johnson did, Boris Johnson was bounced into doing um, with regard to masks and all that kind of stuff. And he's only gone back to where we are now. Uh, in fact, he's not even gone far uh, back far as we are now. Um, people are nervous, very nervous. And to be fair, to be absolutely and totally and completely fair to the government, they're in an impossible situation at the moment because they don't want to close down the economy. The economy is struggling as it is. They don't want to close down the economy. But they also have to be prepared for this onslaught of Omicron. So I'd hate to be in their position right now. I really, really would hate to be in their position right now. Um, and the vaccine, look, look at the booster plan. They're boosting anything that moves now at this stage, which is great. Um, anyway, I take your point, Jerry. It's, it's, it's taken as it were. But I wouldn't go with you. I would not go with you that we're the laughing stock of Europe. We're far from it. There's parts of Europe an awful lot worse off than we are. Really, really a lot, lot worse off. 1850-715-996. They've been telling us for a long time now to put the scales, the weighing scales in a skip and forget about them. Do you know? Um, Sharon... Hoggard, the style coach, joins me. Sharon, good morning. You're saying don't measure yourself. Good morning, PJ. You're you're (laughs) saying do not measure your self-worth on the scales. Just don't do it. Would you throw a scales out? Um, I would. (laughs) I suppose, for me, I've measured my self-worth on the weighing scales for all my life. Um, And it's either whether it's the mirror, you know, some people say, oh, I don't have a weighing scales, but is it the mirror? Is it the, you know, clothes label on your, you know, clothing? You know, is it where are you measuring your self-worth? And I suppose what I'm trying to help women and people do is to separate their self-worth from what they weigh and what size, what clothes size they are. Talk about that to me for a minute. Like, do do we really value our self-worth on what the mirror tells us in the morning? Because I tell you something, what the mirror sees in the morning in my bedroom (laughs) is not a pretty sight. (laughs) I suppose some people don't and that, you know, it, it depends. Like for, for some people, they've set up these beliefs from even when they were young. If we look at our, our children now, um, the statistics are absolutely frightening. I don't have them off the top of my head, but um, for, you know, the amount of how young children are impacted by the image they see and what they believe to be perfect. I mean, there's no perfect anything. There's no perfect. It's objective and subjective. And it's just... You know, you you somebody will something will happen to them and they will ne- they won't take a bit of notice of it and then somebody will say something to somebody else or they'll see an image and then that is you know it'll have a profound impact on them and then what happens is we we with our beliefs we you know we look for evidence to support those beliefs and then we go through our lives with this belief that I don't deserve this or I don't I'm not worth that because I I, I haven't the perfect body or I you know I'm a bit overweight or whatever it is. 
Mm. Like when you say, as you do on your Instagram, I measured my self-worth on the scales for nearly 30 years. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just didn't go back. I was thinking about this earlier on. I was going back and I was thinking one of my first memories. And, you know, again, where where these are set up, um, they're set up in, in, in lots of aspects of our lives. Something we hear, something we say, some in our families, in media. You know, I suppose back in my day, we didn't have social media. <laughs> but um, I remember going in and buying my, you know, buying a pair of Levi's, you know, 501s were all the rage at the time. Yeah. And you know, the denim shop was in on Patrick Street, and it had, I mean, literally thousands and thousands of pairs of denims. But it was like the five hundred ones were the, you know, pair of choice at the time. Yeah. And I remember if anybody remembers the changing rooms, they were like saloon doors. I mean, the most awful, like up as far as your knees, were. Right. Right. and your head—you could see your head and anything below your knees. Awful um, <laughs> um, experience, and you're trying to struggle into these pair of jeans. And I remember. On the outside of the label, you have the 501s, your label was stamped, you know, your 28 by 28 or, you know, your waist and your, you know, leg length were stamped on them. And I remember being very conscious at the time that there was a certain, at the time, I think it might have been 32, 32 was kind of whatever this idea of, you know, standard size was or, you know, the obtainable the optimum size and I remember um I was 34 32 or something like that and I remember having that having a huge impact on me going this is you know I'm bigger or I'm not as good enough as as good as whatever that was yeah and you know it's just it might be something small to you but everybody has moments in their life somebody saying oh you know you're you're a grand solid girl (laughs) you know that kind of or as I say social media is a huge impact now Mm. And it's just, you know, it's just, it, you carry that through your life and you kind of go, uh, like the women I see at the moment, they just, they're not, they don't feel they deserve success, happiness, love, you know, lots of things um, in their lives. Because and the biggest thing that I'm seeing as well is people are literally erasing their history. They're not standing in for photographs. And that's one of the biggest things mm. at the moment um, is that I did a poll in my group and 85% of people um, had, cited poor image um, and body confidence, you know, as a thing that was holding them back in in life. Um, And like, you know, if anybody that has lost somebody, when you look back in the photographs, you don't think of, oh God, weren't they a little bit, (laughs) you know, carrying a bit of weight there or were they, you don't, you look back at those moments and you you just cherish those moments. So that's, I suppose, that's one of the things that really kind of had a profound impact on me that women were not, were not showing up in, in their lives, I got I got to tell you, actually, the way this, the way that we judge people on on the look, the cut of the clothes, the shape, the teeth, everything. I think <laughs> it's 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 one of the reasons why, if someone said to me tomorrow, social media was being reinvented, I'd say get rid of it. Yeah, I know. Social media is a horrible... Ho- I mean, look, here's, I'm, a man, I'm a man of a certain age. I weigh a certain amount. Um, and I have been trolled on social mm-hmm. media when I, you know, I, 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 my photo would be taken at an event. And I, I've had a bit of trolling. I now, look, it runs off me mm. like water off a duck's back. But, but it still happens. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a horrible, horrible thing. Um, and, and... Yeah, Yeah. It is like even even just even going you know the Sex in the City you know this reboot that yeah. you know that happened this week 
and even looking at that and you know the the backlash they got for how they look like you know it was it was nearly 20 years ago we saw them That's like right. do we expect them not to have aged and then yeah. when so i mean then the other extreme is then somebody's too thin and that usually mean they're you know it's just there's no right it's just i think you know for me it's just everybody you're not to be commenting on other people's appearance right. because right is what especially feels over good. christmas right is, oh yeah <laughs> when, oh yeah right is what feels good for you which is that's what you learned i think when you got rid of the scales wasn't it it was it's freedom it's just lib- i mean liberating it's just absolutely liberating um not to like i know that clients when that would stand up in their scales and it, like it would impact the, their day it would like you know, if they wait, if they've lost weight, you know, now they're a good mother, they're a good, you know, friend, they're, you know, they're successful in business, they, you know, they can take on the world. And if they put it on, oh my God, you know, it already sets you up really, really, um, you know, negatively for the day. Um, and I'm not saying for a minute that, you know, don't lose weight. I know myself personally that I do want to focus on my health, but it's coming from a different perspective. It's coming from health, fitness, not about validating, not about, yeah. um, you know, kind of, oh, I, I'm worth it if I weigh this or I'm worth it if I'm a size 10. Yeah. So it's, it's about coming from a health you know, turning it on ahead head and uh, coming from a different perspective. There's, there's, and I'll be talking in a minute to, to Tony Martin, who's an expert in these things. You know, there's a thing as well, you know, that if you eat well and move mm-hmm. a bit and, and just take general care of yourself, the weight will look after itself. And it, 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 is, it, it has a huge impact on when you do, the, when you do those things and you... Um, concentrate on those you're coming then from a place of love and coming from a place of self-care and compassion for yourself um and i say look at the moment we're all going through you know we have those covert curves and even this is you know this is a situation maybe that people have struggled with for decades not just for the last two years but um it's to be self-compassionate with ourselves and if you're coming from a place like i hate my body or my you know kind of just speaking so negatively to yourself do you think that you're going to be in a place to you know feel great about yourself and to exercise and to drink the water and to move and to eat healthily no yeah. whereas if you flip it and you start speaking kinder and just be more gentle to yourself and i'm not talking about you know this toxic positivity you know kind of going i'm amazing when you don't oh, feel that amazing whole nonsense sm- oh god you know? <laughs> that grinds my gears oh i hate it yeah so it's just taking small little steps to just feel a little bit better. And maybe even just one thing that I find with my clients, what works is maybe look at your body and be grateful for what it can do rather than beat, beat itself up. But it's not, a, you know, it's not about, um, you know, kind of saying something, an affirmation to yourself over and over again that you don't feel because that's just words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember last year we were coming up to Christmas and we were talking about the COVID stone <laughs> and, and, and after Christmas, we were talking about the Christmas kilos. And, 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 and you know something, Sharon? We're getting up to this time, and none of that matters anymore. It doesn't it, matter. Absolutely. A damn. It, absolutely. And when you, you know, I'm not, when you hear stories about, you know, earlier on, and, you know, you know, it's just, you know, does it matter? It really does it matter in the whole scheme of things. No, it doesn't. You know, you do, you do you and let everybody else. And I know that comes with, you know, that comes with a bit of, you know, confidence and everything. But it's just if everyone could just mind their own business and stay in their own little bubble and yeah. just um, keep their opinions to themselves. As my dad used to say to me, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. It is true. Sharon, good talking to you uh, and have a nice Christmas. That's Sharon Huggard, uh, the style coach. Uh, you'll find her on Instagram, Sharon underscore Huggard. And uh, there's the scales, they're the worst thing ever came into a house. I, I hate them. I, I haven't stood on a weighing scales in a long time. I just won't. I know. I know I could do with being a stoner too later. Jesus, I know. 
Do you know? But I don't. At the same time, I'm not losing sleep over it. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks ninety six FM with McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Corks ninety six FM. With your local mace, making it a Christmas full of smiles. Six to nine a.m. on Corks ninety six FM. Camilla Cabello and Sean Mendes—they're split up. You know that. I heard that arising. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I hope he knows now. Otherwise, he won't be able to sleep. Um, there, she's taking custody of their dog. Oh no! It's very sad, you see. When people start a relationship, get a pet straight away. Yeah. And th- I think you need to be married. I think you need to sign contracts, prenups. Yeah. Or pop pop nups. Pre pops. Pre pops. Pre pop agreements. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning with Noel DC Cars Black. For Skoda in the city, now taking orders for 221 and always open 24-7 at noldc.com. Courts 96 so having spoken to Sharon about, you know, the fact that the worst thing you can do is stand on the scales or look at yourself in front of the mirror, just be happy about who you are and the body that you're living in and be satisfied with that. Let's go to, to Tony Martin um, of KetoMind.ie. And Tony, I'll just start with that with that question, I guess. Like, it is possible, isn't it, to move a bit, exercise a bit, eat well, and just ignore the weighing scales because it'll look after itself. Good morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. Yeah, um, the, 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 there's a certain amount of truth in all you're saying, but it, it would depend on what you want for yourself. You know, the issue that most people have is that they wander mindlessly. They do things mindlessly. They just do things that are, are normal within their lives. And you, you, you've got to look at the end product of that, which is the shape that you're in. If you need to change it, unless you change what you've been doing, then absolutely nothing happens. The scales is just a tool to see what your body's pull against gravity is. It doesn't tell you anything other than a figure. Most of the programs that people do, if it's related to weight loss, then you use the scale as a tool to see whether it's actually working or not. But again, unless you've got a process that you understand in place, there's absolutely nothing going to happen. If you lose weight, then you're creating a vacuum from the weight that you've uh, returned and began at. And the body will fill that again relatively quickly with a little bit more if you don't have a, a plan in place to say that the weight goal that I'm, I've achieved and I've, I've, I've reached is the start of something as opposed to being the end of a lifestyle to get you to your particular target weight. I see. Now at the moment, well, I suppose in about two or three weeks' time, uh, everyone will be saying, right, new resolution for 2022, going to lose two stone, going to walk five miles a day, going to be a new me. Is that a crazy approach? Should you be just doing a bit at a time and maybe doing a bit before Christmas? Get out there, do some exercise. Every single person that you'll know will have a resolution in place at the start of each year which means what they've done the previous year has just fallen by the wayside again. The notion that you pop into a bubble to achieve a goal is what motivates people to start and put a lot of energy in in the first place. But because it's so aberrant to the lifestyle that got you into bad shape in the first place, unless you adapt it to move forward with it 24-7, 365, then you're just going to revert to type again. 
you should identify what has gotten you into the condition that you're in in the first place. And once you identify what that is, you need a plan around avoiding that and supplanting that then with something which is easy to do, which isn't going to break the bank in terms of your energy input, and something that you can work on progressively, which gets you into the shape that you can want to be in and that you can sustain. These crash diets, these fad diets, these burning yourself out in two weeks, they're not manageable, they're not sustainable, they don't work, because if you had the wherewithal to do that, you wouldn't be out of shape in the first place to say you had to start adding this in to get in shape Mm. in the second place. Because anybody can beat the hell out of themselves for two weeks, drop a half a stone and say, I've dropped a half a stone. But then the minute you revert to what you were doing before, whack, it's all back again. Well, if you're not used to exercising and you start off with a big regime, like most people can go out and they, they, can, they can jog two or three kilometers. The next day you're going to be very, very stiff because you've got no conditioning to allow you to jog like that without incurring all the pain and all the stiffness. So you've got to get a conditioned response into your body. The older you are and the more out of shape you are, the longer you've got to spend at getting the body conditioned to enable you to exercise to the point where you've got a habit going and you're not going to incur all the aches and tyrannies that that starting uh, induce. Mm. So you've got to be be looking at these things and you've you've got to be saying that I have to have a plan in place I've got to get this done, and these are the this is the pathway I'm going along, and this is what, what I can expect along the uh, along the way. So you need to quantify what you're doing first, and then you need a way to calibrate a gain or a success in the road towards where you want to go. Mm. Now, people want to go breakneck at these things. They end up doing loads of exercise. They burn out after a week or two. They're trying to diet on top of it. They pick some diet off the net. I'm going to do this diet or that diet. There's no thinking into it. Uh, they, they look to lose, oh, I've lost a half a stone, I've lost three quarters of a stone, I've lost a stone, well done. And then, oh, I'm grand now, and it's it's back to normal again. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a lifestyle. And the first time we've used that word, I think, today, it's it's a lifestyle change rather than a than a huge it's a, it's, it's absolutely it's 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 an absolute lifestyle change, PJ. And there are certain things that you can do that aren't going to be transformative in terms of the demand on your system, but will make a big, huge difference in, in how your body uh, looks at its energy state, which is your, your calorie intake, the amount of fat you have, the amount of muscle you have. It looks at that. Uh, it reestablishes what it needs to reestablish, and, and it sets the norm for your body. Now, the big one we're finding with all the research we're doing at the minute is, is the gap between your last meal and going to bed. Yeah. That has the biggest impact on any single thing you can do. The unfortunate thing with the lifestyles we live at the moment is that everybody works real hard. They're going home five, six, or seven, or eight o'clock in some instances. They're eating a big evening meal. They're sitting back, they're relaxing. They may have a glass of wine and then they're going straight into bed. Absolutely chock a block full of food, which is an energy source, and then their body can't equilibrate that, that energy and redistribute that energy. It, it's difficult because the, how the body functions isn't being optimized at that time, and that leads to the overweightedness, again, which creeps up year after year after year after year till you're suddenly two to three stone overweight at 40, wondering where it came from. Sure, I wasn't that bad. I'm just doing normal things. So again, it's increasing that awareness, PJ, and it, it, it's adding something in, a small little habit. Mm. And that one, not eating four to five hours before bedtime, 
has a massive impact in 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 weight yeah. loss and how the body repatriates its, its energy systems. Now, I, I have to so say, one of the habits- in, ter- in terms of, I think a lot of people listening would 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 echo this one, Tony. And we're in that the months of the year where I think are the hardest to avoid chowing down on junk at nine o'clock at night. It is the hardest time of the year. It's cold, it's wet, it's dark, it's horrible. There's a box of chocolates in the corner or a packet of biscuits in the press. What else have I got? It's it's the the same all year, PJ. Mm -hmm. It's the same all year. You're out and about in the sunshine in the summer. You don't want to eat. Nobody wants to eat. You want to eat late in the evening when it cools down and you can wind down and have your little barbecue out the back and your couple of beers. That's lifestyle. But those lifestyle and, and, and the things we do within that lifestyle, it's, it's, again, very, very hard for the body to, to work within its limits the way, the way it was best designed to work. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, until we get a handle on that, until we grasp that, until it's meaningful for us, then that's the way the condition and the situation will, will continue to be perpetuated. And people normally don't have a problem till they actually say, I have a problem. We don't identify these things till we want to do something about it. Now, it, it's easy until you hit your 40s to get away with quite a lot. But from your 40s on, when there's that you know, adjustment that goes on metabolically, then that's when the fat levels creep up. That's when the weight creeps on a little bit more. And that's when it becomes harder to, in, a, in inverted commas, to start something. Mm. So if, if you could have a nice uh, bit of a system going where, where you, you, you take one or two lifestyle habits, for want of a better term, and and inculate them into what you do during your day, you see an, an absolutely huge difference without making any effort at all, apart from the fact that, you know, that time when you want to wind down and have the comfort food and put the feet up and have the little familial hour, which is now between 6 and 11 for most families, it's a difficult time to step back from the table and push back from those habits. Yeah. I, I will admit it is quite difficult to do. But yeah. unfortunately, as long as you perpetuate that, then you're going to be dealing with the issues that arise from it, which is yeah. overweightedness, poor sleep, uh, incredible fatigue when you get up in the morning, and you're just dragging yourself from day to day, from weekend to weekend, month mm. to month, and 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 unfortunately that's the way it goes. So, like you said, I mean, in the start of the of January, we're going to be surrounded by people who have are announced to the world that the new them will arrive next year, and in actual fact they'll be back doing the same thing at the start of 2023. So are there a few things that we can start mentally doing now, Tony, that, like well, you said, well, they're the, not a huge amount of pressure, but they will change things? The beauty of being a human being is that we react to cycles of our body. So you've heard of diurnal rhythms or daily rhythms, yes. circadian rhythms. Yes. They happen on a daily basis. We have measured now... Circadian rhythms, we've measured weekly rhythms, we've measured monthly rhythms, we've measured seasonal rhythms, we've measured half yearly rhythms, and we've measured yearly rhythms. The beauty about a year dying and then a year taking off in spring is that we can harness a whole sense of well-being in January that we've, we, we've had the winter, we're going into spring. Our bodies actually react, and if we can jump on that and push it towards a habit and, and get to March and, and push it out, keep pushing it out, keep building. And instead of using our goal as an end point, use our goal as a start point for something. So always keep moving ahead in your focus on the crosshairs of what you want to achieve. Don't look at achieving something as an end point. Look at it, look at 
as a ramp to push yourself forward to utilize being in good condition now to advance doing something slightly different and break away out of the lifestyle that got you into that condition in the first place. Because if you don't, you'll just revert to type again. Now, another piece of advice that I give uh, the clients of mine is have your last meal between six and seven if you can and brush your teeth after you have it. Create a ritual about not eating any more food. Now, I guarantee you, if, if, if your listeners outside all try that for the first month of January without doing anything else, maybe getting a walk in in the evening, just a gentle walk. It doesn't have to break the bank in terms of energy expenditure because we're busy and all that. You will see a big, massive reduction in body weight just by doing that alone. Between really? the 5%. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wow. massive. We, we've collated all the data. Like we're, we're waiting a while because we, we, we've had the project on there. As you, as I've And Tony, sorry, does here. that matter now the time of day that you work? For example, my, my day starts at 5.45 a.m. when the alarm goes off. And yeah, so for other what people, what time do you go is, to bed, PJ? What time do you go to bed? Uh, general, generally between eleven and twelve. I don't. I survive on very little sleep except for the weekends. Well, well, again, you're not contributing to a good, a good, healthy metabolism really? for yourself. Uh, avoiding the sleep, no, no, sleep is very important. Because if I if body, I go to bed uh, at nine o'clock, which some people do, I'll be awake at one o'clock, and there's no more sleep being had. You, 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 you will initially, but you should, you should have a cutoff period in the evening. The main thing and the important thing for setting down a rhythm is to get up at the same time every day, which you do. I'm the same. I'm a half four in the morning merchant, oh, just geez. like you. <laughs> and my, my my clock is set from that. Now I do collapse in the evening a small little bit. Yeah. Now, if I push my meals out, if I, if I like, I don't stink. I, I'm not a, I'm not a monk. There are aberrations within it, but I do tend to suffer if the aberrations go on for too long. Sleep is incredibly important for the repatriation of of our energy resources and our systems. And if you get between five and eight hours sleep on a cyclical basis, five to eight, five to eight, uh, you know, during the week. Don't play catch up and line on the weekends, but get to bed a little bit earlier. Then you will find that there is less overweightedness. Okay. You will find the energy to drive yourself is there because okay. all the fat that we've got stored in our body is a massive repository of energy. So if you create the right lifestyle, your body can tap into that and energy burn and you'll never be tired. And lastly, Tony, in terms of exercise, you don't need to kill yourself. HSE says 150 minutes of moderate exercise a week, which is what, five half-hour sessions. Like, is five half-hour sessions on an exercise bike enough? What they're looking at, they're plucking these references and these terms of reference from a whole host of things. Now, if you're looking after yourself and you're not eating and your body's burning fat, then you, you, you do absolutely less and less and less. Just remember now, firstly, if you're restricting your diet, your calories in your diet because you want to lose weight, then what you've got to recover from exercise with is challenged with the lack of calories. So it's very, very easy for you to burn yourself out. It's very, very easy to do too much. It's very, very easy to potentiate getting sick. You really need to understand why you're making an effort in a certain direction so that you can optimize what you're doing and have full confidence in what you're doing. So you really need to have a handle on why you're doing what you're doing. Three half, five half hour sessions a week, I think just the ritual alone of making the time for yourself in the busy day and giving yourself a half an hour a day, I think that's a superb idea. So if you can identify a time in the day where you can just out the door for 15 minutes and turn around for 15 minutes and make that part of the ritual of yourself, then you're investing in yourself, your time is meaningful, you're meaningful, and the discipline that you have to put in place to enable yourself to do that spills over into other things you do. Okay. That discipline process is a hard thing to do, but once you've got it going, 
you can then invest more discipline in terms of you enhancing you getting to your goals. But be goal-oriented, set your goals out, and make small little incremental changes that you feel that you can sustain. Look for the reward of that investment, set that goal, and be realistic about what you are hoping to achieve and how you're going to achieve it. Realism, I think, is is the best word you have there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and take it on, PJ, because if you don't change something, you're just going to end up saying the exact same, getting worse as you get older. All right. All right. Listen, Tony, good to talk to you. Ketomind.ie, K-E-T-O-M-I-N-E-D.ie, and James Fitness. That's Tony Martin. He's been at this a long time. Boy knows what he's talking about. 1850 Thank you, Sharon, says this email. Speaking about Sharon Hoggart, I remember trying to find a Deb's dress and being so uncomfortable as I wasn't the thinnest. Looking back now, it was a slip of a thing. Thanks for sharing your story. We should not value ourselves by our body image. And then Donald says, Hi PJ, the best answer about your weight is I'm built for comfort, not for speed. Yeah, but as Tony says, as our bodies get a bit older... You can overdo it on the comfort and then there'll be no speed at all. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Cork's 96FM. What were your wins of 2021? As you come to the end of the year, we all know there's been, this was a disaster. We couldn't go on holidays again and blah de blah and this and that and the other. There was an awful lot of negative again in 2021. But what were your wins? What were the things you'll clutch onto and say, do you know what? That was something to smile about in, in 2021. Because guess what? We all have them. Anna Healy is hosting a free online workshop tonight called Celebrating Your Wins in 2021. And I was thinking, Anna, as I was preparing to speak with you, it is so easy for us to forget our wins and our positive moments of the year, isn't it? Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Yes, absolutely. Um, I agree with you. And I think... Um, I think what happens is that we're so we can get so bogged down in the negative. We are so good at beating ourselves up about things that might have worked out during the year. And then when it comes to the year, we go right December down and dusted. Let's forget about it onto the New Year's resolutions. And I, for me, I just think it's so important to actually stop for a minute and celebrate how you've actually got through 2021. Um, I suppose I did this workshop, I, I, I created this workshop for my lighthearted women who are women in business. And they, like I know from working with them, they have achieved so much this year. And it could be very easy for me to say, right, you know, done and dusted, let's go on to 2021 and, or 22 and let's do some big goals. But I said, no, this is really important because all these achievements, and it doesn't matter what size they are, all these achievements matter because at one point during this year, they were a bloody big deal. They were really important and they worked really hard for it. And and I know myself and you probably know this as well, PJ, you make these goals, you set these goals and you say you want to do them. And then once they're done, they're forgotten and you've actually forgotten all the work that you put in behind them, all the strategy, all the mindset behind it, pushing yourself, motivating yourself to get through it. So I, for me, I just think it's so important to stop at, at each stage, at each, like, to be honest, you could do this once a month, you could do this once a week, you know, it's so important to stop and actually acknowledge mm. how far you have 
outcome, you know, in your in in your week, in your day, in your life. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this. Um, I actually have done it for my lighthearted women um over the last week, and it's been so well received. And it's it's a real lovely platform to work from when you're setting your goals for next year, because you go, wow, oh my God, look how amazing it's been, you know? Um and and it's not all about it's not all about the big wins you know we're not talking mount everest here now we're talking about the days that you showed up the days that you actually opened your business the days that you um you know pulled yourself out of the bed and you know uh, got your kids to school these things you know are an accomplishment on some of the days when you're having a really tough time mm. so it's about acknowledging and recognizing the challenges that you had also because you know as you said you know the the last couple of years in particular we've had so many external kind of challenges going on around us you know between and we won't even mention half of that but the point is that it's about acknowledging it and kind of going because I've had this in my group as well it's a bit like oh god I don't feel like I've got very far this year but when I look back my god what a year I had it was so challenging it was so difficult and I'm really proud of myself for even just being here and getting through it you know how important is it to remember the moments just the little moments that made you smile that just oh, made yeah. you happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these are the things that will get you through the day. These are the things that will get you through, you know, your your week, your working week when things are tough. Um, it's one of the questions, and I don't want to be giving away too much, but it is one of the questions is about how much fun did you have this year? You know, we all forget we're so busy. We're so be busy being busy. We're so busy getting caught up into the the, the the world that we forget sometimes that it's actually a good idea to have a laugh and it's a good idea to kind of get away from the the challenges that we're experiencing and to have a good old belly laugh or to have a chuckle or to do something silly mm. or you know even self-care all these things are so important because if we if we get caught up in the negativity then we'll burn out an awful lot quicker but if we can focus on our own experience and our own connection with other people if we can focus on having that laugh having stepping away from all the negativity and saying you know what i'm actually going to kick back and i'm going to have some fun with my kids today or i'm going to do my hobbies oh my god hobbies are so important to take you away from all the other kind of thinking work because we're so caught up in our heads these days it's really important to actually just you know be learn to be rather than to be doing all the time you know you've given me an idea for the program tomorrow which i'll tell listeners in a second but where can people get your workshop yeah, well, I suppose the best way they can do it is to contact me on my email. That's Anna at AnnaHealy.ie. That's probably the best way to do it. Okay. Um, they can find me on Facebook. They can message me as well. There's no problem. And they're very welcome to come on. Everybody is welcome, to be honest, because I think it's time to stop for a moment and just really reflect on, you know, how well you have got through this year. Yeah. Um, you know, so thank you. Okay, no problem. Anna, Anna at AnnaHealy.ie. I.e. Thanks, Anna. No, I have had an idea um, for the programme tomorrow, so I want you to start thinking about it. There were two moments in this year that are away from everything for me. One was uh, Friday morning in March. I'll give you more detail tomorrow. One was a Friday morning in March. The simplest thing 
and I made, made me so happy, I actually got a lump in my throat and I almost cried. Simple, simple thing. One Friday morning in March. The other was the daftest, most ridiculous, stupid thing we've ever done, I think, as a family on holiday. We went away. The daftest thing we've ever done. I'll tell you the two of them tomorrow, but they would be the moment for me that I would remember where I was smiled, laughed, happiest. The simple thing. So far, I want you to think about it before we finish up for today. Uh, tomorrow, I want you to think about the, the, the little moments that made you ridiculously happy in 2021. Those little tiny, simple, simple moments now. And when I tell you what my two are, you'll realise how simple. The simplest little things. I'll give you one of them before we finish. I want to go, though, to this lovely idea to go and meet Santa and friends in the woods at Wonderful. Now, I don't mean wonderful as regards wonderful like. I mean wonderful as in wandering. Uh, Lena and Claire. Lena from Wonderful and Claire from Cork Sports Partnership. Good morning to you. Morning, PJ. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Morning, PJ. Lena, tell me about Wonderful. Sounds like a lovely idea. Yes, so PJ, if you're, and I love what you're talking about there, about little moments and kind of happiness. And like we're hoping with this experience to bring joyful moments to people. So if you're looking for something festive, outdoors, that you don't have to book, you don't have to queue, and you're looking for a bit of magic, get yourself down to Drunkin Woods in Ishannon this Christmas, where Wonderful and Cork Sports Partnership have teamed up to present Wonderful Christmas. And the whole idea is to get families outside and active. And you know what? To spread some magic this Christmas, because PJ, I think we all need it. And essentially, it's a self-guided, interactive walk, and that enables you to meet, as you said, the big man himself, Mr. Claus Santa. He's down hiding in the woods as we speak. There's Mrs. Claus. We've got some singing elves. We've got some dancing snowmen. They're all down in Drumkeen Woods waiting to be discovered. And if you find them all, you actually get the chance to earn a virtual elf certificate and take a picture with a virtual elf hat. And you can take pictures with all these characters as well. And it's so simple to do. All you have to do is download the free Wonderful Christmas app, follow the instructions, and away you go. And please go do it and have a wonderful best Christmas adventure. Now, Claire, when, when you hear Cork Sports Partnership involved, you think I'm going to have to be really fit for this, but no. No, no. And I suppose we're delighted to, to partner with Lena. Lena actually was a, um, a nominee for one of our awards back in June um, to our Health Ireland Fund. Um, and I suppose we've been kind of working with Lena over the last few months to, to partner and bring this experience, I suppose, to life, really. And we're delighted. And I suppose it, it's, it's hopefully the, you know, one of many adventures to come for, for 2022 as well. But yeah, you, you don't. It's about basically getting outdoors. And I suppose, look, we've never been outdoors as much as we have now. And it's about showcasing local hidden gems, local facilities, amenities and, and linking with Lena. And her concept has been just fantastic. And I think the uptake to date has been has been really, really good as well. So we're delighted to be involved. So, uh, Lena, where can people find out more? Book? Do you have to pay for it, by the way? No, it's absolutely free. Um, all you got to do is go to wonderful.ie forward slash Christmas 
Um, the information is there. The app is on the App Store and Play Store, so it works on all devices. Um, you just need to download the app. If you don't have good coverage there, it works without connectivity once you have the app. And PG, all you got to do is put the app on your phone um, and follow the instructions. There's a little map on there too. And go for a lovely wander around the woods with your gang and go find Santa and go find um, Mrs. Claus and some snowmen and some elves and take some fun pictures. People have been sending in some great pictures already. And you know what? It's gorgeous, PJ. I actually went down to the woods this weekend to see people do it. And just even to hear kind of the little shrieks of delight. And every time you find one of the characters, like their animations, Santa laughs and I could hear Santa laughing. It was, Brilliant. it's just, it's very sweet. And again, what you're talking about there are little moments, little magical moments. That That's what this is about, is just to kind of spread some Christmas cheer and in an active way, as Claire said, in the, the whole ethos is to get people out, active and moving, but like in the spirit of Christmas and in a, in a magical spirit, again, which we all need at the moment. Okay. All right. Listen, thank you both. Lena and Claire, uh, wonderful. Uh, in Drumkeen Woods, wonderful.ie with an A. Uh, 1850 We grab someone there, so for Riverdance, Fiona. We take them in all morning. Riverdance.ie. Uh, Riverdance. What am I talking about? Yeah. Um, yes, Kira, is it? Kira on line one. Kira, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. Now, you know the deal. This is our fourth day of it, so people get to choose between a river question or a dance question. Which would you like? Um, dance. Dance. Okay. Yeah. Since the inception of Riverdance, since Riverdance began, how many pairs of sh- dancing shoes have been used? Was it 20,000 or was it 60,000? Was it 20,000 or was it 60,000? 20,000? 20,000 it would be, absolutely. 20,000 pairs of dance shoes since Riverdance. Right, <laughs> you and a friend off to see Riverdance live at the Marquee next summer. Brilliant. Thanks so much, PJ. Cheers. And that's uh, courtesy of Aiken Promotions, who have been with us all week on this, and we've one more pair to give away tomorrow. Remind you, you can still get your Santa calls in, by the way. Uh, the Santa calls are still going on. Casey and Ross in the morning still taking them in. Go to the website, 96m.ie, look for Santa Calls with McCarthy's Interiors and Gift Shop at Douglas and Ballancolic Shopping Centres, uh, McCarthy's.ie, and stay listening, because we could be calling you. I won't tell you about the two moments in the year where I smiled like an idiot until tomorrow morning, and I want you to think about that. It'll be Friday, it'll be close to Christmas, with a few other things to do as well, like maybe a few movies, but tomorrow, have a think about it overnight. Is there a time in the year where you just smiled like a complete idiot for a moment? Have a little think about it, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. The programme edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Bailey Olive. And that's it, we'll see you tomorrow, just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. With your local mace helping to make this Christmas extra special. They can come. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The week. On Cork's 96FM.
Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend survey. Have a go at the Wayne teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors Volkswagen. Where you can test drive the full Volkswagen range. Including the all-electric ID3 and ID4. See newmarketvolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96FM.